Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Over Booked, and it's time for the runaway freight train of hits. Known as newsworthy. Jeremy Lambert's with me as always. Jeremy, how you doing? Uh, I'm tired. Joel Pearl, it's been a it's been a long week. You know, Sean Rossab goes on vacation, and then who's got to run things while he's on vacation partying with Denise Salcedo for her wedding? But with me, you know, I'm I'm listening to Starcast interviews. I'm covering SummerSlam, covering Ric Flair's last match, and a day off in two weeks. What is this? What is this, Joel? Do I not get a vacation day? You do, but your vacation involves fighting people. Yeah, I'm gonna punch him in October. Yeah clock them square in the face that's what i'm gonna do this show has become me just venting about everything it's great i love this show it's my favorite show i do every single week the only cat the only downside is it's with you that's fair well you know what if you're enjoying the show over there in youtube land go ahead and leave us a thumbs up because uh jeremy needs all the recognition he can get because that way he can pay raise you need another raise i'm gonna ask sean for another raise go to sean and then you can go to jimmy and then you can there you go and then everyone's gonna get more money that's true. Jimmy Jimmy will pay attention to you when uh, when you walk up to his house and punch him in the face. I can't get booked on Know Your News. All these people get booked on this show. Me, who puts in the most work at the website, I can't get on this show. I just, Jimmy, Jimmy, I think he's mad that my team swept this team in the playoffs. It's very upset. Very possible. I just, I, just, you know, I just want Jimmy Van's acceptance. That's all I'm looking for. I, I'm going to pull the curtain back. I think some people know, but not everyone knows that I, I do the production. I do the producing for Know Your News. Uh, I do his, when he does his podcast, Know Your News Tonight, I'm behind uh, the, the live element, putting it all together with the, the recordings and stuff. Uh, we were supposed to have Andrew Zarian this past week, but then some timing and schedules got messed up. So we were kind of frantically looking around for guests. And in the back of my head, Jeremy, I did have your name. But I oh thanks instead, thanks that I was in the back of the head. Joel's like yeah, ah, let me go through about fifty people before I get to Jeremy's name. Well, instead I went for Jared Bailey because I wanted someone who was actually yeah. associated with the Know Your News channel for a change, uh, and it ended up being an all timer. So when it drops on Tuesday, if you're watching this when it drops on Saturday, uh, go check it out. Or if you're just if you're watching it after oh. the fact, just go find it. Fuck Jared Bailey. True. He's an awful, awful human. Anyway, what's not awful are the five stories of the week that we picked or that you've picked that we're going to talk through. Uh, let's start with story number five. Dakota Kai says WWE SummerSlam return was last minute, wanted to work with Bailey for years. Uh, this came from WWE's The Bump, which I know, Jeremy, you're just trying to pop me because we know <laughs> that nobody watches The Bump but me. And I'm very glad that suddenly someone's watching The Bump. Tell me about this uh, very big return for Dakota Kai this past week at SummerSlam and then the interview that uh, that precedes this. I mean, I used to watch The Bump regularly. They moved it from 10 o'clock to like 1 o'clock. But I used to watch it all the time because the interviews were – sometimes you get something out of them. And then it became such like a kayfabe show that is like, eh, I don't feel like writing these kayfabe articles. Like, you know, I write kayfabe articles. I did a Maxine uh, Dupree article that was completely kayfabe. Like, I'll write them if, if, it's, if they're out there. That's fine. But – I don't want to waste my time listening to an hour and a half WWE show that's just going to be all kayfabe and everything. So when I saw Dakota Kai was going to be on there, I, that's what I thought. I was like, well, she's going to kayfabe this thing, and it's not going to be all that great, and it's uh, whatever. But it was her first interview since the big return at SummerSlam that I don't think anyone saw coming. So like, I had to listen. Even if it was in kayfabe, I was like, uh, I'm going to pull something out of this regardless because 
it's her first interview since the return. It was somewhat in KV, but also the the part that she mentioned, like last minute wanting to work with Bailey and everything, that was very much real. Uh, so I thought it was a good interview. Dakota Kai is so likable. She's she's always been very likable. I, I've I've mentioned her before. She does the the streams with like the the new legacy guys, the big dog Dakota Kai. She she just seems like such a genuine and nice person. So one, I was glad to see her back at SummerSlam because I've always liked Dakota Kai, both as a wrestler and as a person from what I know about her through Twitter and streams. And two, I was just happy that this wasn't like, oh yeah, Bailey hit me up and was like, you want to form this faction? And, you know, EO is going to be part of it. I didn't, you know, I was off television for a little while. I, I was just, Raquel got called up. I didn't know what I was doing in NXT. Like they at least, they didn't say outright, hey, I got released, but they at least like, said enough about it to be like yeah okay we know what happened you're not trying to just be like i was lost in nxt as it rebranded and i didn't have anything to do i'm glad it wasn't full on like kayfabe's like bailey brought me here and everything i thought it was a good interview and okay, glad to see dakota back love her thought she was great on on this appearance on the bump as well two things worth noting coming out of that interview by the way um for the select few who watch nxt 2.0 wade barrett actually talked about Dakota Kai's return on commentary and made reference to the fact that she had left the company and came back. So yes, it was a a little bit of an unshackled commentary moment that I was shocked that he would even reference that. Uh, Oh, I mean, we, we saw on SmackDown or SummerSlam where Corey Graves is like, I I like like you better better when you didn't have an opinion. opinion. (laughs) Yeah. And Cole's like, well, things have changed around here, buddy. Yeah. Like they are definitely, they're definitely a little bit more unhinged uh, under under Papa Paul, which is good. Michael Cole's been great. I actually kind of listen to commentary now. Uh, Michael Cole's been great since uh, Papa Paul took over. There's going to be a 90-day inmates run the asylum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, but there was that. So that's one thing. And the other thing is actually that Dakota Kai had tweeted out that she's still basically still going to be streaming. She said that her streams aren't going anywhere. Good. So that's going to open up the doors for a lot of conversation regarding WWE wrestlers getting their their third parties back, whether that's YouTube or they're streaming on Twitch, whatever that is. I think there's going to be an open conversation about them uh, returning to those platforms. So real or she signed a deal that has that included. Yeah. But but real quickly, I mentioned this on the spotlight, of, I, not this past week, but the following week of like what Triple H, him running things and Stephanie and Nick Khan, like what that means for, for people. Um, and I did mention like the third party stuff because obviously Triple H didn't have an issue with it in NXT. Like those guys could, Adam Cole could do his streams. And then when he wanted to go to main roster, it's like, well, you might have to give this up now. I hope that main roster people can start to do that again do these streams, do uh, outside ventures. And then hopefully that'll bring more eyeballs in. There was a report. um, I I think it was like AdSense or something of like WWE's YouTube views and stuff. And then one of the executives was like, yeah, we're going to work more closely with our talent to put more content on our YouTube channel. And they mentioned Seamus's Celtic warrior workouts were apparently going to be starting up on the WWE YouTube again pretty soon like i'm fine if it goes on like the wwe youtube or much like up up down down there's some type of like partnership there as long as those guys get paid because apparently woods wasn't like making as much as he should have for all the work he put in on that but like i'm fine with that stuff just as long as the wrestlers benefit from all that if they're not just hey yeah well, you can do your stuff but we actually take 99 percent of the profits that's an issue with me but if it's in conjunction with wwe and there's a fair split on things 
awesome. And I do hope they can do like Twitch and things like that. Cause it's good. It doesn't hurt anybody, right? It's not hurting anybody. No, it's not hurting anybody. And on top of that, these are all adults who know how to handle themselves in an environment outside of work. So there has to be some sort of agreement if there is to like, maybe don't talk about work on your streams or if you do be cognizant it's a pr thing it's a, it's a yeah. watch what you say thing because then listen some wrestlers did go a little overboard and, and maybe overshare on those platforms but that wasn't really the case it was more the money than anything else if we yeah. see a revenue split of some sorts i agree with you if it's a fair split then there's no reason not to do it these people are entertainers these people are there to have fun and do the things that make them smile and therefore do it in wwe as well so uh i'd be interested to see if it's just dakota kai or if there are other people who are going to start picking up the streaming again soon let's move on to story number four pat mcafee says he's tested by wwe wellness he answers whether he could take steroids uh big pat mcafee show fan i know you are uh once in a while we'd like to catch the shows especially when he has uh some wrestling related content at least on my end that's when i watch tell me about this what uh what struck your fancy other than the wellness policy stuff well, th- this wasn't actually from the Pat McAfee show. Um, I did watch uh, I did watch the Pat McAfee show on Monday because I figured he would talk about SummerSlam, and I did write a, a big write up on that. But this he did an interview with Dan Patrick, who is and people who who have known me for a long time know that like I kind of idolize Dan Patrick and still do. I don't unfortunately just don't have a lot of time to like watch his show regularly because I've listened to so many other wrestling interviews and stuff like. I spend my time doing work stuff and I, so I don't always just get to watch stuff that I used to really enjoy and stuff, but I love Dan Patrick. He was one of my, they, from his sports center days to when he started doing the Dan Patrick show, uh, I would watch it religiously every morning and actually want a TV from the Dan Patrick show. Uh, so Pat McAfee was interviewed by Dan Patrick and Dan Patrick asked them like, Hey, you're in WWE now. It's performance. Like you're like an actor and actors might take steroids to boost for a role and everything. Like, have you ever thought about like taking steroids and stuff uh, for, for WWE? And McAfee gave the answer of like, well, WWE is a wellness policy. I'm tested. I've given my blood a bunch of times. And then he said like, you know, we in the locker room, these guys be coming in like, Hey, how'd you, how'd you get like that? And he even said like, yeah, I've thought about it. One, they're hard to get in Indiana. Can't just go up to the corner store and be like, can you can you make me look like a guy in the NFL locker room? And he's like, and there's just he didn't want to put stuff that he didn't fully know about into his body, but he did say, like, if there was something that was kind of approved that helps my metabolism, helps my recovery, sure, I'd have no problem doing it. I I love this because one, I thought it was an interesting answer. Two, as a fan of the Pat McAfee show and Pat McAfee in general, and as a fan of, of Dan Patrick and the Dan Patrick show, it was just kind of the, these two worlds kind of crossing for me. And so I was very interested to see how, uh, how the interview went and, and how, what the things they talked about. So I was, I was excited to cover this and I'm glad McAfee, this is a question that like, you know, people aren't asking. Nobody's asking a lot of these WWE wrestlers, Hey, you ever thought about doing steroids? Like, but McAfee gave a great answer and it was a different kind of question from a you know, respected journalist like, like Dan Patrick. Five years ago, Brock Lesnar was putting himself back in the USADA pool. And there was also conversation about whether or not Brock was uh, was taking any steroids or whether he was actually being tested by WWE as a part-time roster member. So I like that these stories kind of come up around the same time. It's SummerSlam season. You've got a part-timer uh, wrestler in terms of uh, Pat McAfee. And then, of course, back in the day, you had Brock Lesnar, who was still performing on a regular 
somewhat basis. Uh, so I like the story. It was a good one. And uh, I, I listen, you're a big Dan Patrick fan. And uh, if you're a big Pat McAfee fan, then it turns out that this is a match made in heaven for you. Yeah. And I don't know, like Dan Patrick doesn't have like a ton of wrestlers and stuff on his show. This is maybe he's at, I know, I know he's at Austin over the years. He's had a few people over the years, but I know he's not like the biggest wrestling fan in the world. And so Obviously, I don't think he had Pat McAfee on because, like, hey, Pat McAfee's a WWE commentator and just wrestled at SummerSlam. I think it was because they talked a lot about the NFL career and stuff, but McAfee is now involved in the world of wrestling. And so it was a different kind of question where I've listened to the Pat McAfee show 100 times. He's done interviews with other people, and you're typically not going to get this kind of question out of, hey, you're Pat McAfee, the wrestler. Let's talk about SummerSlam. Let's talk about your role in WWE. Like, Dan Patrick doesn't really care as much about that stuff so you get steroid questions which i found interesting yeah it's it's an outside the box question for sure i liked it uh let's move on to story number three kiara hogan felt like she was always somebody's best friend in impact wrestling so i gotta say i i, I loved this quote and i love this headline because it takes the sharpest left turn it could possibly take you're like oh someone's best friend uh, kiara hogan's always and then she's just like no this sucked and i hate yeah, it this, yeah <laughs> So she's on the taco vlog with uh, with Thunder Rosa. Talk about this uh, again. Very much a big left turn from Kira Hogan. I like the taco vlog with Thunder Rosa because they eat tacos, but there is like an interview element, and there you're typically you're not going to get like too much out of it. But they're they're just having a conversation, and I, I've said it before on this show. Like I like the interviews that just kind of feel like conversations because that's where you can find little nice little nuggets of information in there and. Like they, they were just having a conversation while eating tacos. The audio was god-awful. It was very tough to transcribe because the audio was so bad. Uh, it's like set up a camera in this ta- and there's music playing in the background and stuff. Just It is what it is. You're not, you're not there to listen. I, most people are not trying to pull interview quotes out of uh, Thunder Rose's taco vlog or anything like that. But I, I like the answer because I thought it was funny as well of like, yeah, the, the headline is, oh, I'm somebody's best friend. You're like, oh, that seems like maybe it's cool. It's like, no, I wanted a singles run. Like I had to leave Impact. To, to get like this title match against Mickey James and everything. I find Kira Hogan to be kind of fascinating when it comes to interviews. Like when she appeared on like Gall TV a few months ago, uh, when she just first signed with AEW and she's like, yeah, I'm not really being used in AEW. I don't really know what I'm doing out there right now. And then now she's with the baddies and everything. She seems to, she's found her role, whatnot, but she's, she's not afraid to like say what's on her mind. And I like that about her. Sometimes I know it's like gotten in trouble with Stan Twitter on certain things, but she, she's not afraid to actually give an answer. And I appreciate anybody that is actually going to give an answer. Is she your best friend, Jeremy? Me and Kara Hogan could be best friends. I don't know why not. I feel like she'd like me. I, I like her. She seems nice. Do you have Never similar have. tastes in music or anything like that? What, what would your best friendship be like with Kiara Hogan? I have no idea what she listens to. I don't know these people, Joel Pearl. I, I don't know. I, a lot of the time you listen to a lot of the interviews and eventually something comes out that you're like, oh, they're just like me. I'm probably, I've probably heard the kind of music that she likes. Like she's probably mentioned it in an interview, but sometimes like when it comes to those questions, I'll just like zone out on it. And I listen, Joel, you know, I listen to so much that like, a lot of this stuff blends together or gets lost in the shuffle. And no offense to Kara Hogan, who I just said that, that I like, and we could be best friends. I don't remember if she has said her musical preferences. I don't remember what they are. Do you, do you enjoy Toronto's own The Weeknd, Jeremy Lambert? 
Uh, he's fine. I like some of his early stuff. Isn't that the answer for everything? Like, I like the early stuff, but the stuff nowadays just isn't quite as good. Well, that's typically how it works in music. But if you want to be besties with Kiara Hogan, her and Diamante were backstage at the weekend this past week. Oh, is that why you, like, brought that all together? That was a nice show for her. That was a nice little scoop that she was at the weekend. I mean, it was from Diamante's Twitter. There was two of them sitting at the show, and I was like, oh, that's nice. I couldn't figure out who it was, and then I was like, oh, now I know. Uh, Anyway, let's move on. Number two, this person never does interviews. Dexter Loomis is in the news. Dexter Loomis reflects on his time in NXT, is still in touch with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Uh, He showed up at Johnny Gargano's uh, What's Next uh, show or podcast, whatever you want to call it, at StarCast, and basically just sat on the day and and just read Pro Wrestling Magazine. Uh, And it was funny. It was great. But here he is talking to Tommy Dreamer on House of Hardcore Podcast. Uh, Talk to me about Dexter Loomis. It is rare that he speaks to the media. This was, I believe, his first interview since, like, leaving. He did a virtual signing where he said absolutely nothing, like, after getting released. Um, yeah, he, he said that, like, I watched that thing. It's, like, two hours, and he doesn't say, like, a single word, completely in character. He was <laughs> supposed to be on Devon Dudley's podcast, uh, Table Talk, like, a week after he got released, and then he wasn't on it. And I don't know if it was because of the release thing. He just didn't want to talk about it. I don't know the reason for it, but he just wasn't on it that week. And that was going to be, that. Was, I think it was like the final episode of Devon's podcast as well. So to my knowledge, this is the first interview he's done since he got released. Um, and obviously things have changed in NXT and WWE since uh, his release. And there's a possibility now that he's even back, uh, you know, within the next month or two. But yeah, so so because it was his first interview, I was like, okay, well, I'm sure he's going to say something. He gave very, you know, answers that you would kind of expect him to say. He didn't bury anybody, which is fine. I was, I never look for like, oh, I can't wait to see if they bury this person. I just look for stories. Uh, I liked the interview. It was a good interview. My thing with Tommy Dreamer is, while I, I'll praise Bubba Ray Dudley, Bully Ray, of like, I, I think he's a great interviewer on, on Busted Open Radio. Tommy Dreamer will have the habit of like telling his own stories too much instead of just focusing on the interviewee and i realize this is very difficult and i know tommy dreamer like comes from a and tommy dreamer does busted open radio as well and i sometimes that'll like annoy me when it comes to this stuff sometimes you drop like a little nugget in there it's like oh i can actually write a story out of that good for tommy dreamer uh i don't find dreamer to be like the best interviewer in the world but i do like the guest he gets on a lot of times he's, he's sometimes inconsistent with this podcast. I did think he did a good job with this. He clearly has like a relationship with Loomis, Sam Shaw, uh, hatchet is what he is in the, the title of this podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's my, my critique, I guess, of Tommy dreamer is I don't always want to hear like your stories on thing. I'm there to listen to the guests, not how you feel uh, about this stuff. And again, I'm probably the last person to criticize this because in a lot of our interviews, I feel sometimes I will tell, my my own stories or how i feel about things as well so this is uh take take this with a grain of salt coming from me i'm just saying the best interviewers typically don't do that and will just ask questions ask follow-ups dreamer feels very i guess rigid in his interview style and that's where i'm just like i wish there was a little bit more more listening and following up from dreamer but it is very like tell me about this tell me about this like he hits the questions he wants to hit um as far as loomis goes i thought he was very good uh i thought he, he gave some good good stories uh, about like in, his time in impact and then obviously his time in nxt and everything and just his 
who he is like as a person like he was like i want to be an attraction i want to be somebody you can count on to do this this and this and triple h told me that and you know i still talk to these guys and everything so i thought it was a, a good interview from from loomis and for, for even from dreamer i thought this is one of his better ones sorry i just buried tommy dreamer on the show wow <laughs> nobody wow. watches this right tommy dreamer is not gonna he's not gonna see this or anything right i mean listen tommy dreamer once dm me to tell me what type of phone he uses so uh really yeah this was also in like 2012 oh, okay this was a long ass time ago, but he did, in fact, DM me to tell me what phone he uses. So, wow. very interesting day that was. <laughs> uh, so what kind of phone was it? What kind of phone was it? It was a, it was a droid of some sorts. No, Tommy again, Dreamer it was would ten use a years droid ago, twenty twelve. Yeah, I so, probably used a droid in twenty twelve. Honestly, yeah, I was a big droid guy until I got yeah, an so iPhone, I. and I only got yeah. an iPhone because I started working for a company that like sold and refurbished iPhones. So I was like, well, I'm around them all the time. I may as well get into the ecosystem. Anyway, point <laughs> is Sam Shaw, you don't you think you see Sam Shaw coming back to WWE or is this going to be Sam Shaw future NWA 10 pounds gold holder? I feel like if they were going to put the belt on him, they just like should have done that at the always ready show. Cause whatever. Uh, first of all, we no, we, we got to get to Tyrus first. We all know this. <sighs> Shut up, Joel. Shut up. Uh, I do kind of think he's like, sort of WWE coming back there. Maybe he finds NXT. Maybe he does something else. I don't know. But, like, he has – he's very unique. Like, I liked him on NXT. He, he has a unique charisma about him. He can kind of fill multiple roles as far – okay. He could be, like, funny but creepy. He's a fine wrestler. Like, I, I can definitely see him ending up back there uh, in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's a bit older, but at least he has – the knowledge and the experience to maybe even do some backstage stuff or who knows, yeah. maybe they have a role for him on the camera, but we'll see. I, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe Sam Shaw is like an incredible wrestling commentator and he ends up becoming like the lead announcer on one of the shows. Can, could you imagine just the people would freak out? They would just love every minute of it. Or he says nothing. And every time they show him at the desk, he's just brandishing his hatchets. <laughs> I agree. Honestly, I agree. Let's go to number one. Brian Danielson's in the news again. I can't believe he did this. <laughs> Brian Danielson, the locker room is the boys talking about flaccid penises. It's a blast. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy, <laughs> this this was a great interview, by the way. Him, not even an interview, it was a conversation on the sessions with Renee Paquette at uh, StarCast. I, I'd listened to this interview or this conversation, as it were. Um, there was a lot of stuff that came from from that conversation. This is the one you chose to write about. And no, it's also the one that got. There were others, I know, but this is the one Thank you me. chose to talk about today on the show on Newsworthy. Yes. Yeah, uh, and it definitely got a lot of engagements on the <laughs> internet, even from SmackW wrestlers. Okay, so yes, let's clarify. I wrote about five articles off of this Danielson interview. Yeah. This wasn't even my lead article because this interview happened on Saturday and I wrote about him punching, wanting to punch the Miz. That was, I think that's the one I ran immediately on Saturday. I wrote about him wanting to get like fired off talking smack, uh, him being in WWE creative. No, actually the one that I led with was his recent concussion where he thought like he might have to retire. That's the one I ran on Saturday. Sunday was him, the original plan. He was supposed to punch the Miz on talking smack. I knew though, when I heard this conversation about the locker room, the flaccid penis talk and everything, I was like, I'm going to lead off Monday morning, Monday at 8 a.m. Everybody's going to come off this busy weekend. It's going to be, you know, everybody's already pulled the news stuff they wanted. 
from the Danielson article. All that stuff's already circulating out there. Monday, 8 a.m., flaccid penises in the AEW locker room. This is what I'm leading with on Monday. I was so excited for this. I was so, so excited after this big old weekend. It's like, oh, okay, it's going to be a slow news day. No, Brian Danielson hits you with flaccid penis. I, everyone knows, like, this show is now two out of the three episodes. Have, uh, number one has been Brian Danielson with that that fucking image uh, that needs to be on a t-shirt and I want royalties <laughs> for it, even though I have nothing to do with it. Um, like, when Danielson was announced for this and he's going to talk to Renee. I was like, he's going to say something. The the thing that actually popped me the most wasn't even the flaccid penis thing. It was like when he, when he said like, Oh, I want to like, I like bleeding. I enjoy it. And Renee is like, yeah, you and John, like you just <laughs> like that stuff. She's like, I don't get it. And Dan is like, you do it every month. <laughs> and the, and and the I, crowd reaction is yeah. like, Ooh. And then it's like, wait a minute. They stopped the entire conversation. Just yes. to point out the crowd. Like that's where you draw the line. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I was like, I can't really like get an article out of that though. That's just like a funny little line that he has. I can't like make that. I mean, I could have, but I've had live morals. I have article morals sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't really make that a story. The flaccid penis one, I could hundred percent make a story. And I did get, I let it 8 AM. I was so excited for this. And man at like noon, one o'clock that day, it had just taken on a life of his own. And I tweeted earlier in the day, like I got a lot of pals in wrestling media. I think they all hate me because I try to pit them against each other, but I got a lot of pals in wrestling media who do a lot of interviews. I just want one of them to ask, like, do you know, do, do you, do you know about this? Either the answer is no, which is fine. And he's lying because he's a big old liar. He's admitted this. Cody Rhodes taught him to lie. The answer is either no, and he's lying or it's yes. And that's like the biggest pop of my, of my writing career is that Brian Danielson has some sort of knowledge of this image and these headlines. But the, by the afternoon, the AEW locker room is popping. John Silver was the first one to, and the first one that I saw anyway, that was like, this isn't completely true. We also talk about, uh, uh, hard penises and so i was like well this is an easy article to also write about uh you know the best friends trent is talking about uh you know like finally some accurate reporting in the world yep. of wrestling uh there was a bunch of re- swerve had like a reaction anthony bowens had a reaction and i was so excited to just quote tweet that and be like can you scissor me anthony Bowens?" and he scissored me i got i scissored with anthony bowens Joel Pearl. That was the highlight of my day. Uh, Monday was an eventful day because of this headline. You took the rest of the week off at that point. You were like, I don't have to do anything else. I wish. I did tweet, like, I'm taking the rest of the day off, and then I probably did, like, five. I covered Raw. I said I was taking the rest of the day off, and then I ended up covering Raw, which was a good show. But I was going to say, it ended up being okay. If you had said that, like, three weeks ago, I would have been like, oh, that sucks, buddy. You would have been absolutely miserable. Uh, John Silver, yeah, says this isn't entirely true. There's been a wreck penis talk as well. Brian Pillman Jr. says, I guess nothing is sacred anymore. Uh, (laughs) Captain Sean Dean says every week Brian Danielson has a wild conversation going on in the (laughs) locker room. Swerve Strickland says me every week, and it's a photo of him giving that face. (laughs) And uh, there have been others, but I'm just pulling up some of these quote tweets. 
Uh, one of my favorites, there's someone actually, just a, just a fan, someone who picked it up uh, named Jacqueline. And it just, it's all caps, stop interviewing this man. No, absolutely not. I mean, I tweeted when the interview was going on. I was like me listening to Danielson talk with Renee at Starcast. And it's that, that Danielson image. I knew, knew he was going to say something outlandish. And let me tell you. Uh, they ran Renata's two podcasts a week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, the, the sessions. And when I saw Brian Danielson on Tuesday, I was like, is this a new one? Like, did they have a conversation after StarCast that, that they just talked more about stuff? And then I saw it's just the StarCast interview just posted to her podcast feed. But I was so excited Tuesday morning when I saw he was on the sessions thinking this was like a part two of like the unaired footage from StarCast. I was like, oh, man, I'm good. This is going to be great. Oh, keep interviewing Brian Danielson. He's the best. That's all I gotta know. I have to know Joel Pearl. Somebody Mueller does uh, AEW interviews. Like somebody's gotta interview Danielson at some point. I j- just ask him for me, please. If you're out there, if you're one of our pals listening uh, who interview wrestlers, and you're gonna interview Danielson, where's Robbie Fox? He interviewed. He interviewed Danielson the other week. Rob, Robbie knows me, knows of me. Like, just ask him if he knows this stuff, please. For me, this is all I want out, out of out of my my wrestling media life. That's all I want. Just ask him if he knows. If you're a friend of the show and you're a friend of Fightful and you interview Brian Danielson, just ask. Do you know? Yes. That's all and I Danielson want. would be like, "Oh, I know. <laughs> I know." And then have a full on fifty minute conversation about this. Uh, by the way, this so there's a, there's a, there's a backdoor reason why we do this show. I think a lot of people assume that Sean Ross Sapp is the person writing these articles, and oh, yeah. it, I, there's well, there was one quote tweet on that on that Danielson article that was just like uh, Sean Ross Sapp per usual getting all the news, and I was like, no, like, <laughs> this is Jeremy Lambert's job. This is his gimmick. He he does a really good job at it. Sean Sean's good at whatever the hell he does, but it's not important. Like it's the Jeremy Lambert gimmick. I don't know what Sean does. I just beat his ass once in a while. No, Either just... way, this is the, we do this show because I, I, I hope people understand that Fightful has uh, many more people writing uh, in the background than than just the guy who posts on Select most of the time. I mean, I, I ranted and, and raved about that last time we did this of like, oh, people tag Sean and think like he does all of this when again, like 75% or more of what you see on Fightful.com if it's not patreon like has my name on it and and a lot of these interviews like 80 percent or more like these interviews like is because i listened and transcribed to it uh i would i always like credit for that stuff yes because it is a lot of work uh i will i will say this uh to people who are like oh sean rossap getting the news as always sean's the absolute best at what he does whatever that is he's the absolute best all of the news not all but like the majority of news you read is, is either coming because Sean is reporting on stuff or coming because a wrestler like said something in an interview. And most of the time, not all the time, Fightful is getting those interviews before the majority of, of, of websites and everything. And Andrew Thompson at Post is like the only other person who is like ahead of the curve on this stuff. Otherwise, I do think we're ahead of the curve of listening to stuff and and getting out there because the news is either coming from Sean's reporting or something a wrestler said. That's how like you get the news, right? The wrestler said something and it becomes news on stuff. Again, we are very much ahead of the curve on 
a lot of that stuff. And I, I don't think this is too braggadocious. I think people understand that I'm the, the lead, I'm lead wrestling writer. That's apparently my title. Uh, like we're ahead of the curve because of a standard and a, a ethic and a uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for. I think standard was, was pretty much the word I wanted to use, but uh, a blueprint that I sort of set of like, here's what you need to do. Here's how it's done. Here's how you find stuff. This is how we stay ahead of everyone when it comes to this stuff. So yes, would I like more credit in that? Sometimes, sometimes people are like, oh, Sean Rossap's a dork. Why would you write about this? And it's like, well, fuck, it's fun, right? In lieu of flowers, you can send money to Jeremy Lambert, care of paypal.me slash Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-L. That's definitely not it. That's not it I thought it was. Oh, no. is it not? Oh, my no. bad. You can send me money at paypal.me. <laughs> anyway, Jeremy Lambert, let's get out of here. Is there anything you want to plug? Tell him what to do. Uh, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Leave a thumbs up. You can follow me on Twitter if you would like. Watch the spotlight. We had a great interview with Cole Radrick. He's great. Coke Radrick. Uh, we had a great interview. <laughs> we had a great interview with uh, Cole Radrick this week. Live interview. Uh, he rules. Watch the spotlight on the Fightful. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate Appreciate y'all. Pull out a good hood foot photo just for Jeremy Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Joel Pearl. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. Come and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook. We do this all the time. Have a great week. Cheers. <laughs>